Thanks for listening to another leadership podcast from Pastor Jurgen and the team here at C3 San Diego. To find out more about our church, go to c3sandiego.com. I, um, I did print out my notes this morning and then left it at home in the rush. God bless it. So I'm going to uh, just pull up my, my notes. But I, I uh, got a great, great little word today. Fantastic. How many people surviving the rain? Hanging in there? No accidents? Drive a little, drive a little more safe. I know I need to listen to my own counsel right here, but yeah. Do you like my shoes? My, these are the, the Betsy Roche flag shoes. They're my patriotic shoes. I love America. I love America. I was trying to think where I was yesterday. I was driving somewhere and uh, oh, I was driving into Del Mar Highlands and all the palm trees are all They've got green and red on the palm trees all done up and people are out. And I just thought, God, I love America. I love America. I love the restaurants. I love the cafes. I love the freeways. I love the price of cars. I <laughs> Forgive me, Pastor Andrew. I know Pastor Andrew and Irene are about to go down under, but I'm believing for American price cars in Australia for you guys. And uh, I just love America. I love America, the American people. I love the American Constitution. I love what America has done all over the world. I just wish the haters of America would move out. If it's so bad, leave. But you've got to know that it's a great country and the people that hate it don't want to leave. So you know you live in a great place. Amen. Amen. Well, uh, I, I just got to just take a moment just to brag on what an amazing team we have. Leanne and I literally pinch ourselves that we get to do life with you. That, uh, and I just know just looking out at this team that there's nothing that will be impossible uh, for us in the city of San Diego. Amen. Amen. Well, I want to just speak this morning on, uh, in fact, if you want to write it down, the title of my message is B, B-E, do, D-O. Be, do, be, do. And I know it's like a, a 1960s, oh, be, do, be, do, up, oh, be, do, be, do, up. But that's not what it is. Be, do. Uh, in Luke 18, 18, Luke 18, 18, says, Now a certain ruler asked him, saying, Good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? There's an old cliche, and you've probably heard it a hundred times, but it's just worth repeating that God did not make you a human doing. He made you a human being. He didn't make you a human doing. He made you a human being. Uh, that, that anything that we do do needs to flow out of our being. It needs to flow out of our being. So here a rich young ruler comes to Jesus. He recognizes that something's missing in his life. And so he says to Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life? In other words, I'm thinking that if I, if I do something, then I can acquire a heavenly result. If I, if I do an earthly task, it has a heavenly outcome. And it's really interesting because in, in John chapter 3, Jesus is speaking to Nicodemus, who's one of the teachers of Israel who comes to him at night so that nobody sees him kind of going in to spend some time with Jesus. 
And Jesus says to him, I tell you the truth, unless you're born again, you're never going to enter the kingdom of heaven. He says, how, how can a man be born again when he is old? Surely he can't go into his mother and come back out again. What, what are you talking about? And so Jesus says in verse 7, do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound of it, but you cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. So one guy says, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says to another person, to have everlasting life, you must be born again. You must be born again. I'm not sure if you, you notice, but your Bible is full of bees. Be still and know that I am God. Be kind to one another. Be patient with one another. Be long-suffering with one another. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be still and know that I am God. Be at peace. Be holy as I am holy. Be fruitful and multiply. Be fruitful and multiply. When, uh, when, when I got saved, um, the great battle was between being and doing. Was you know, I felt like, what do I need to do? What do I need to do something? I need to do something. I didn't realize that I just needed to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I just needed to be born again. Pastor Jesse said it so brilliantly, inside of you is the DNA of your heavenly father. Doing requires your hand reaching to something external to hopefully produce a status that can be acquired. Whereas being is a flow from the inside. The Bible says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. So when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you can be loving. You can be joyful. You can be at peace. You can be kind. You can be patient because all of these things flow from the inside out. It's not from the outside in. It's not from, it's not from you having to do things. Did you notice that every other religion, because it is powerless to regenerate the dead spirit, is powerless to, to get you born again. So every other religion requires you to do things. Requires you to do things. Excuse me, I'm about to sneeze. <coughs> Excuse me. Sometimes you've got to sneeze to get blessed. I receive it. <laughs> Every other religion requires, requires doing. You've got to do, 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 you've got to do. But the Bible doesn't require you to do. The Bible just requires you to be. Be holy as I am holy. It doesn't say do holy. It doesn't say do these seven things and then you will have achieved a level of holiness, a status of holiness. It just says be holy as I am holy. For God to say be holy as I am holy, God is not a cruel God. God would never ask you to be something that he hasn't given you the resource, the capacity, and everything that you need to be that thing. You can be holy. You can be free. You can be at peace. You can be strong. You can be courageous, be strong, be courageous, for you're about to cross over the promised land. In other words, God is saying, hey, 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 you don't need to do. You can be, and out of your being, you'll be surprised at what you're doing. 
So in Genesis 1, and this is where I kind of want to zero in, God says to Adam and Eve, be fruitful and multiply. So today I want to talk about God's favorite topic, you. You're God's favorite topic. He, honestly, if I was to spend the afternoon with God this afternoon and I say, God, anything you want to talk about, well, he, would, he would be, all he'd want to talk about is you. All I'd hear is Drew this and Drew that and how awesome is Drew and get quite sick of it. No. And uh, it just don't really. All he'd want to talk about is you. You are the apple of his eye. You are what he's passionate about. And so God says, be ye fruitful and multiply. Be fruitful and multiply. So I want to talk to you today about how you can actually be fruitful and multiply. Don't, don't, don't let the, the, uh, the negative, naysaying, spirit of Cain influenced uh, goons who are anti-prosperity and blessing throw the baby out with the bathwater. That one of the signs of the kingdom is that you are being fruitful and multiplying. I'm not sure if you, you've noticed, but, but if you multiply something, it increases. Did you notice that? If you multiply something, it increases. So when God says, I want you to be fruitful and multiply, therefore that should increase. And so you will find that in the kingdom, when you are planted in the kingdom and flowing in God's will and purpose for your life, you'll find that, oh my gosh, I'm being fruitful. I'm being fruitful. And you should find that, wow, there's more fruit here than what I need for myself. I wonder, I wonder if there's any people who are maybe struggling or lacking fruit that I can give the over and abundance, the excess of the blessing that I can go and bless other people. And maybe I can help them to learn how to be fruitful. Did you notice that there's not one apple tree that tries to do apples? Like you never walk past an orchard and hear, yeah! <sighs> There's no, no, apple, no apple tree has to get up in the morning saying, you know what, today I'm going to do some. It just, it just produces apples because that's, that's, that's its DNA. That's what it is. And you can tell what it is by what it reproduces. You can tell a tree by its fruit. Now, you can get up and say, I believe that's an orange tree. But if there are apples on it, it's not, an, it's not an, an orange tree. It's an apple tree because the fruit tells us what it is. In the same way, the Bible says that you and I are called to be fruitful and multiply. Now, here's, here's the little bit of a pinch. Here's a little bit of a pinch. You and I can't get away from ourselves. God, I wish we could, but we can't. Everything in my life is a reflection of my life. It is a reflection of my values. It is a reflection of what's on the inside of me. I can't plant a seed of an apple tree and say, I really want watermelons. And maybe I'll just prophesy watermelon. Maybe I'll call it a... Because the DNA in that seed cannot produce something other than what it is. I found that every dysfunction in my life before it was in out here existed in here the most magnificent thing 
about the gospel. See, if I become a Muslim, a Hindu, a Hare Krishna, everything else, all it can do is get me to change my clothing, get me to change the outside, get me to do, observe this and observe that and do this and do that. It is powerless at changing the inside. But Christianity sets me free from myself. It sets me free from producing death, from pr producing dysfunction. Because as I lean into the gospel, he begins to change the very, very core, the very essence of my being, begins to change my heart so that I begin to enjoy the fruit of my life. When there's an absence of peace, there's something broken. You know, uh, we had Mike Connell just a couple of months ago, and uh, I can't remember whether I was telling uh, Pastor Alex yesterday or Pastor Jesse yesterday, uh, but, you know, you may think that we bring Mike Connell for you. And Leanne and I do share Mike Connell <laughs> with you, the church. But the truth is we, we bring him for us. Now, I've been saved 34 years. I've been in ministry 28, almost 29 years. Senior pastor going into 15 years. And this year I had the most amazing deliverance with Mike Connell. It was just awesome. And look. You know, Leanne, Leanne and I were meant to have the day before together, but she used the whole three hours. And so, well, there goes my time. And so we reschedule, res reschedule the next day. And uh, so I've got an hour the next day, I think, or maybe an hour and a half. I think it was from 11.30 to, to 1 or something. And, uh, and so I thought, look, you know, you have blind spots. So I said, look, Leanne, why don't you come in? Because I don't want to, you know, sometimes you can sanitize your own problems. You know, we always judge other people by their actions and ourselves by our motives. You know, so we always sanitize our issues, but point out other people's issues. So I said, baby, why don't you come in and why don't you, you know, because I don't want, you know, if there's, if there's something that has been bothering you, and it obviously it has been, I want you to share with Mike Connell. And then you know, I'm like halfway through going, oh, can you just, you know, <laughs> you know is there a salvation altar call? And, uh, but it wasn't that bad. Anyway, so, so then it's about quarter past 12. What I didn't realize was we were in the, in the green room back there was that they'd organized for the refrigeration repair guy to come and fix the fridge. And so, so just as he starts praying and stuff's manifesting, there's knocks on the door of a guy trying to, can I fix the fridge? Okay, I guess I'll come back later on. You know, it's like, and, uh, but what was amazing, what was amazing was I just, I just thought, I just thought that living with uh, just a heightened level of stress or a heightened level of short fuse and, and it's amazing since this, this stuff. And, and what was incredible was um, one of the things that I, that I didn't realize that, that I would do is I would uh, unnecessarily uncover Leanne. And I noticed that one of my sins over the years was uh, I found it very, very easy. I found it very, very palatable when somebody was talking about, uh, you know, the failings or maybe the glaring faults of another ministry to kind of join in and throw my amen in there. And uh, so, so while it may be justified when we talk about that, that didn't help me at home where Leanne and I would be out somewhere and I would feel like correcting her was, was, was okay, but she felt uncovered and dishonored. So I'm praying with Mike Connell and he says, actually, um, this is what I see. I see uh, because you were conceived out of wedlock, your conception was a conception of dishonor. Your father dishonored your mother, but he also dishonored your mother's mother and father 
by getting her pregnant. And it's kind of been, so he starts praying for me and like, I was like this. And the next minute I'm fist clenched and, and, uh, you know, and wonderfully set free. And, and it's just amazing. Just this, I'm like, my God, thank you, Jesus. Like you don't have to live with this stuff because Jesus deals with the things of the heart. And so I found now that that stuff in me was producing stuff that, that wasn't helping, was only adding stress, only adding tension. I even found that that my patience level with Leanne just went through the roof, where little things that would, you know, create unnecessary tension and fights d- departed because of dealing with this stuff. And so I want you to know that, that in this house, uh, I am not so broken and insecure and driven by ego that I want a big church because I want to be a social media superstar or stand on stages or whatever um, so that you, that I'm going to convert you into a doer and when you can't do, I'll replace you with a, uh, someone else who can do because we have a mission and we have a... That, that's, not, that's not how we roll. We know, we know that, that we are called to, to minister to each and every person to make you fruitful, to make, to make this, this Christianity. It's really interesting that the priests in the Old Testament were not allowed to, to sweat. They were to wear linen, the Bible says, when they performed the priestly duties, says the Lord, and it was a light linen lest they sweat. So the work of the ministry was meant to be no sweat. The work of the ministry is meant to be no There's meant to be a flow. There's meant to be a flow of God. There's meant to be a flow. Sometimes, you know, I know there are stressful times and, you know, 90% of ministry, uh, especially the, the further you go up, and you can ask Pastor Summer and Pastor Stacy this, that, that it's you're dealing with problems. You're problem-solving continually. And so those things have a level of stress, but, but stress is very different from distress. You and I are, are not meant to live with distress. If you're in distress, then, then, then you're, 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 you're transgressed a boundary. And you need to get back in and just allow God to let you be at peace, be fruitful, multiply. So today I want to give you three B's. Oh, let me let me just kind of back up. So so I get get saved. Then uh, 1992 I get married to Leanne, and the truth is I have this epiphany. And I was telling a congregation recently. I can't. I think it might have been North that uh, as a boy, uh, most boys really don't think things too much through beyond the honeymoon. When uh, I was just like, I'm getting married. This is awesome. I'm getting married. Hello. I'm get- that's- and I was just thinking. But I had this epiphany as we're driving to the church, like, oh, shoot. I'm now financially responsible for another human. Oh, dear God, what does that mean? Like, I can't just go and blow an entire week's salary on a surfboard like I'd done just a month earlier. And I just thought, who needs to eat? I'll just fast for a week, win points with God. Get a new surfboard, hello, bam, double whammy. And that's what I was thinking. And, but I thought, now, now I, can't, I can't say, hey, baby, we're fasting this week because I bought a new surfboard. But don't worry, you'll get points with God because that's just, that's just not going to fly. And I had this, this cold, this kind of this, this, you know, this wash go over me. I'm like, oh, I'm resp-. And I'm like, oh, dick. And then I began to look inside. I'm like, flip, do I have what it takes? Do I have what it takes? And um, the truth is, I was coming up short. Actually, Flip, I don't know if I do. I don't know if I do. I don't know if I do. But then I felt 
God say, son, I sent you the helper. The Holy Spirit is called the helper for a reason. He's called to be your helper. He's not going to leave you. He's not going to forsake you. Whatever you're deficient in, he's going to help you. When you need wisdom, he's going to dispense wisdom. When you need understanding, he's going to dispense understanding. When you need discernment, he'll give you discernment of spirits. When you need, he'll give you words of knowledge. He, whatever you need, he's going to. And then, then I felt the Holy Spirit say, this is how I want you to pray to unlock my power. Pray for me to help you be the husband Leanne needs you to be. If I was honest with you, in 27, almost 28 years of being married, my number one prayer, number one prayer is, God, help me to be the husband Leanne needs me to be. Because I could say, well, that's just who I am, and she should have known what she got when she got married, and you know, and she shouldn't change. She shouldn't. And I could say all of that, but it doesn't help. And I decided if I'm going to go through life once, I want to go through it once, giving God all the glory, all the honor, all the praise. I only want to be married once to my beautiful bride because I honestly feel for me that if I can't look after my bride, I really don't have any authority to look after his bride. And so, so it's important for me to look after my bride. I want to look into my kids' faces with integrity. I want, I, want, I want to model for them what was modeled for me was broken, but I found that Jesus Christ stepped into my heart. Jesus never got to step into my dad's heart, but he did step into mine. So I found that there's a power in me that can begin to change the course, that can change the trajectory, that can model a completely different pattern for my kids to follow. So I, I decided, so my prayer is help me to be the husband Leanne needs me to be. And whatever I need to change to accommodate, whatever I need to change. So so when I see you know Leanne get the opportunity to speak at color, you, you better believe there's a little piece of me that kind of rejoices that that I know that that the 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 prayers answered of me being what I need to be to help her shine to not block her to not silence her to mute her to to not push her but to elevate her to develop her has come out of that prayer another prayer that I pray is help me to be the father that my kids need me to be and, uh, and the truth is, I've got four kids, and every single one of them needed me to be a different kind of dad. I'd love to tell you that, you know, just as a dad, you just need to be A, B, and C. And it works for, you know, it's one, one size fits all, but it doesn't work that way. The, 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 the father that Jordan needed is completely different to the father that Ash needed. And right now, the father that, that Tommy needs is a completely different skill set to the father I was to Jordan, the father I am to Ash, and the father that I need to be to Tommy. And then my little Zozo, that's a whole nother ball game. <laughs> my cute little princess who, you know, I mean, I'm taking a shopping and stuff like that, but I'm like, I need to be like a Terminator with a hasta la vista baby, you know. And like, it's just, it's just a whole nother thing. So, so today I want to talk about being. The world is obsessed with doing. The world believes that you do your way into your future. But God in the Bible doesn't say you do your way in the future. God looks beyond what you do. Doing flows out of performance. Be flows out of character. God looks at who you are, who you be. So let me give you three Bs that, that I, I would say are, are good things to be. Number one, be a servant. Be a servant. 
the disciples were arguing about greatness. And so Jesus pulls the disciples aside in uh, the gospel of Mark. And he says, you know that the, the lords of this world or the, the rulers of this world lorded over one another. They want to see how many people they can rule over. He says, it shall not be so among you. Whoever desires to become great shall be your servant. That's Mark 10, 43. Whoever desires to become great doesn't do servant, shall be your servant. Mark 10, 43. So to be a servant is the pathway to greatness. If you think of the greatest restaurants, the greatest hotels, the greatest coffee shops, the greatest products, what do they do? They, they, they serve you. And the greater that they serve you, we just build a new home and it's meant to be a smart home and I'm not smart enough to un unfortunately figure out how to be. And I'm like, oh, why don't you just go a little dumbass? I mean, excuse me, a, a, a not so smart home. And uh, then I feel at home because I don't know how to get. But anyway, I'm figuring stuff out. So, but what it comes with, it comes with, <laughs> it comes with this Alexa uh, app. And so uh, Alexa's awesome. So you, I say, Alexa, what's the weather? And she's like, the weather today is going to be. And uh, Alexa, play for King and Country. And then she starts, you know, playing King and Country from iTunes. And, and, uh, and, and now I, I've got a program where I can say, Alexa, turn off the lights. And so she turns off the lights. I say, Alexa, good night. And all the lights go off. It saves me getting up and turning them all off. And, and so, so he, here is this incredible resource. Um, Zoe the other day was making um, strawberry muffins. And so she just says, Alexa, bring up recipes for strawberry muffins. And she brings up like about a dozen. And so she just goes, oh, I like this one. Click on that one because she liked the picture. And then she made strawberry muffins based on, based on this little app. And what, why is it such a great household app? Because it has no other agenda but to serve you and make life easier. And so you will find that the things that are the greatest resource and value in the earth are the things that are serving. And so Jesus here 2,000 years ago is giving us a key saying that whoever among you wants to be great, let him become least and let him be the servant of all. On a Sunday, how many people can we serve that come in? How many people can we serve? Like you, you think like, ah, oh man, I like the food here, but ah, the service is lousy. You're going to second guess whether you're going to go back to that restaurant. No matter how good the food is, the service was lousy. You know, the coffee's great here, but man, the, the, the service, the system is just so slow. Yeah, they, they got greatly trained baristas, but man, they are just so slow. I don't know if I can keep. And so, so we as the church, because we're serving people and representing Christ, we've got to understand that, that being a servant... Being a servant is, is, is what we have to be. We, you know, when we get up here on the platform to lead worship, it's not about our preference. I was in a place recently where they were murdering a song. And we're like, if you were selling Prozac in that service, you would have sold out. I mean, you would have sold out. And I'm like, man, isn't that song meant to be played fast? Yeah, but the bass player doesn't like playing it fast. And, uh, oh, well. If the bass player doesn't like paying it fast, what do we, I mean, what do you do? You know, here you go, sir. You set the thermostat on, you know, it's actually not about you and your preference. It's about the, you know, what kills most churches is, you know, these young people come in here with their, their, their rock and roll music and their long hair, you know, and it's like, you know, and, and this is, you know, 
They're ruining our church and they're sitting in our seats and they're trying to change our worship and they're trying to spiritually mature means that, that you're meant to actually give preference to others. You're actually meant to understand that the mission of the church is it's about reaching others. You can listen to the great hymns of old. How great thou art. You can do all of that in the car on the way here. You can do that in your home. You can do that six days a week. But on a Sunday, it may not be your preference, but that's the price we pay to serve a next generation to bring new people in. Jesus said this. He said, um, he said I only do that which I see my father doing. Anything that, that I don't see the father do, I don't do. Whatever the father says, that's what I speak. Whatever I see the father doing, that's what I do. Then it's amazing in John 13, the Bible says Jesus disrobes down to his boxer shorts, takes a towel and begins to wash the disciples' feet. And he gets to Peter and Peter says, stop, stop. You are not, listen, I'm not sure if it's anxiety or, but you don't do this. Slaves, the lowest people. In a house, wash the filth of people's feet. This is so far beneath you. Not only was Jesus doing it, but Jesus says, I don't do anything unless I see. So he was representing God the Father, who so loves you, that he has, he has no problem serving you to wash the filth, the dust the mud off your feet as you and I walk through a fallen, broken world, that he will disrobe. And that's what God did. He disrobed. For God so loved the world, he became flesh. He disrobed. And what did he do? He got down and wiped. That's what he did on the cross. Jesus was modeling. He's saying, no, no, you don't understand. Whoever is unfaithful with what is least is unfaithful with, with much. But whoever is, if I, if you don't let me, Simon, if, if you think that I am above and beyond washing filth off toes in an upper room, do you really think I'm going to be able to cross that line in Gethsemane where I can take a beating, have a crown of thorns in my head, pick up a cross and wash away the sins of the world through crucifixion? If I don't get it right here, I'm not going to be able to get it right there. See, you, you can't be something else on the platform and something different in private. In fact, in fact, can I tell you, it's the practice of private that sets you up for public. David said, David said, Saul looked at him and says, you are not able to fight against this giant. You're just a youth and he's been a man of war from his youth. But what did David said? Privately. That you didn't see, that nobody saw, but privately a lion came and took a little sheep. A bear came and took a lamb, struck the lion, delivered it. Struck the, the bear, delivered the lamb. When it rose up against me, I grabbed it by his beard, struck it and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear in private. Because, because of what I've done in private, I know that I can do it again in public because I've practiced in private. The devil knows if he can get you to practice the wrong things in private, 
he can take you down one day in public. Make the decision that you're the God of, uh, that you're the servant of the God of the inner room. Jesus says, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who go out on the street corners and, yea, verily, they'll say, Lord. And, and he says, they, they make their phylacteries broad and their prayers long and they pray for a pretense. They pray that men may hear them and give honor to them. I tell you, they've already received their, their reward from men. They get nothing from God. He says, but when you pray, don't be like that. You go into the inner room. Go into the secret place. And the Lord who sees in secret will reward you openly. You know, the, the, one of the great lies of the devil in my life is that I can have two lives. That I can have a little private life, a little private indulgence that no one will see or no one will know. And then a completely different public life. And the reason he does that is because he knows that any house divided, come on, any house divided cannot stand. So he knows that if you're divided, oh dear God, that's that time. So he knows... He knows that if division, so David said, unite my heart, unite my heart, then I'll teach transgressors in the way. The word unite is the way we get the word integrity. Integrity means to integrate, where two become one. Don't let the devil fracture you. Don't let the devil fracture you. Jesus was a servant in a private room because he was going to be a servant on a public cross. Let's... Can I just tell you, we never, we never graduate from serving. We never graduate from serving. Don't ever let the world or what, hey, once I make it to this status, phew, then I don't have to serve anymore. No, no, no. We never graduate from serving. All we do is we serve, we serve, we serve. Can somebody say amen? I'm out of time, but I, got to, I had two more that I thought were decent. The second one was be faithful. Be faithful. Be faithful where you are with what you have. In Luke 16, Jesus says, one who is faithful in a very little is also faithful in much. We just kind of looked at that. One who is dishonest with very little is dishonest also in much. If then, if you've not been faithful in unrighteous wealth, who will entrust to you true riches? And if you have not been faithful with that which belongs to another, who will give you what is your own? No servant can serve two masters. I will hate the one and love the other, or he'll be, he will be devoted to the one and despise. You cannot serve God in money. So, in the parable of the talents, the guy says, well done, good and faithful servant. I will make you ruler. In other words, your future doesn't look anything like your present. So this guy was, this guy was faithful with five talents, with five years wages. Another guy was faithful with two years wages. But all of a sudden he says, I want you to take charge of 10 cities. Well, that's a completely different game. That's a completely different beast. That's a completely different mind. That's a completely different set of skill sets. Over here, I was just a financial manager. Over here, I was managing an investment portfolio. But now you're putting me in charge of a city? Like, do you understand what it, like, I've got to think of, you know, garbage disposal and, and solve those problems. And, you know, Thursday's garbage pickup and pick up those trash cans. And then they've got to take them to the tip and there's problems at the tip and the, the workers are on strike and I've got to figure out that. And, and then, you know, the water and the sewer and the plumbing and the, and then expansion and, and natural habitats. And Hey, we want, we want this to be a wildlife sanctuary, you know, we, but we can expand over here, man, we need more housing and, and, uh, and there's crime and we got, what are we doing with crime? And there's corruption in the police. It's a completely different skill set. So, so, but understand, Jesus is saying, if you can be faithful over here, what you're going to take with you is faithfulness. Jesus says, whoever has, to him more will be given. What, what, what do you need to have? You don't need to have the skill sets to run 10 cities. 
to run four cities. You just need to have faithfulness. If you have faithfulness, be ye faithful. Be faithful. Be faithful. And the third one, the last one, I, don't, I, I didn't realize I was not watching the time. Excuse me. And you know, I've got down here, Becky Lynn. Heinrichs, bathrooms to campus pastor, presence panel, thousand plus leadership. John Heinrichs, from parking team to events to get him on staff to campus pastor to executive pastor, Michaela Hubbard, Summer, Leanne, Stacy. I mean, just the whole front row are filled with people who were faithful in the little and now they're over things. If you ask Pastor Summer, Pastor Summer, when you came over, did you know you were going to be one of the executives, pastors? She's like, no, I came over to be administrator. I came over to be your PA. Then I, then I said, Summer, I need you to run kids. She's never run kids church. She did a great job. Why? Because she was faithful. Michaela Hubbard's never run youth. But because she did such a great job with kids, and she'd never run kids before, she, she went to SDSU and learned how to be an event planner. Is that right? Events. And, uh, but becomes a kids pastor. Unbelievable kids pastor. Takes over from beautiful Sumer, the thing flourishes and so we're like well let's put you over here but she's she's never done this don't don't worry about the picture that God's put in your heart thinking hang on it's disconnected from I, I feel like I'm called to be a worship leader but right now I'm cleaning bathrooms how does that it may not look like it relates but what you take with you is faithfulness and if you can't be faithful in this it's what you take it's not the skill sets that you it's taking the faithfulness. And the last one, the last one, I know I'm very naughty, forgive me, is be honorable. Be honorable. The, the culture of the kingdom of heaven is honor. In, in 1 Chronicles 21, 24, one of my favorite scriptures, 1 Chronicles chapter 21, verse 24, King David was buying a, a, a threshing floor. And Ornan said, no, no, here, you're the king. I'm going to give it to you. And David said to Ornan, no, but I will buy them for the full price. I will not take for the Lord what is yours, nor will I offer burnt offerings with that which costs me nothing. David, David says, I will not give to the Lord that which costs me nothing. He, David was incredibly honorable. The Bible says, honor the Lord with the first fruits of all your increase. Honor the Lord with your possessions so that your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Anyway, there's plenty in there, but be faithful, be a servant, be honorable, be. Just turn your palms to heaven. I, we've got an announcement I've got, I've got to make, but just, just let the Holy Ghost just fall on you. Just fall on you. And I want you just to breathe in the Holy Spirit. And if you're striving, if you're stressing, I just need you to just be still. Psalm 46 verse 10, be still and know that I am God. God said, be fruitful and multiply. In other words, I've put everything in you for you to be exactly what I've asked you to be. Be born again, how? By letting the Spirit be filled with the Holy Ghost. Speaking to one another in Psalms, song, psalms and spiritual songs, making music, melody in your hearts be God, to God. Be kind to one another. Kindness lives inside you. He's in the Holy Ghost. Just sometimes I think we just got to remove the rocks. Just get rid of those things. Stop, stop trying to do and just spend more time being. Be still. Be in the presence of God. Be at peace.
be not afraid. Be strong. Be courageous. Father, I thank you right now for your anointing. I thank you for your presence. I thank you, Lord God, for fruitful, fruitful leaders, fruitful lives. I thank you that, that because of your Holy Spirit, we can be the husbands our wives need us to be. We can be the wives our husbands long for us and need for us to be. We can be the, the fathers and the mothers our kids need. We can be the servants that our city needs. We can be faithful. We can be honorable. We can be all of those things. Father, and I thank you right now for your presence. Holy Spirit, fill each and every one. You know, honestly, the key is the Psalm 46. Be still and know that I'm just being in the presence of God. Being in the presence of God. How many people here plug their, their iPhones in at night? The rest of you. It's a good thing because otherwise no, no battery. Just like you plug your phone in to recharge the batteries. In the same way, you and I have a soul battery and just reconnecting with God. That's why our staff meeting is very, very different to most staff. Most staff meetings are about the order of the day and instructions for the week and we need someone to take care of this and it's a whole, it's a to-do list. We don't do that because I know that having worship up here for you to plug back into God, reconnect with God so that your whole day flows from that connection to your heavenly Father. What you can do in your strength is wonderful, but what you can do in His strength is exponential. And we want you to live in that exponential. Just let His Spirit and let His presence flow through you. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our pastors, team, and what we do at C3 Church San Diego, go to c3sandiego.com. 